0: And hello there, Peter Mansbridge here with the latest episode of The Bridge Daily, the day before the big day. Tomorrow is Election Day in the U.S. And man, if we got a special show for you today, we have one of the men himself. He's going to be here in just one minute, but I want to tell you something about tomorrow, first of all, because we'll all be sitting in front of our little TV sets and our jammies tomorrow night watching the results come in. We're going to do an episode of the Bridge Daily tomorrow, much earlier than normal. It'll be released probably somewhere around lunchtime tomorrow, which will be kind of a viewer's guide. I get Bruce and I will give you some sense of uh, what to watch, who to watch, what to watch for, the whole bit. We'll give you what we can. Get it out early so you can watch it before the, uh, the action starts. So that's the advisory on tomorrow's show. But as I said, today's show, today's show, our special guest, absolutely deserves this opening. And Mr. President, good to have you with us, sir.
1: Peter Bridge, perhaps the biggest line liar of the Communist Broadcasting Corporation, so many bad people up there in Canada, way up north, next to <laughs> Korea, doing terrible things. What a bad prime minister. Jason turned down. I know a lot about him. Jason's a very bad guy and a lot of trouble there. SNC, Lavalin, one of the biggest swindles ever swindled. So much COVID up there. A lot of it in British Columbia. I don't like British, and I really hate the Colombian. If it was me... I would put a wall between British and Columbia and I'd make Columbia pay for it. But Jason turned (laughs) down.
0: And of course, who are we listening to? We're listening to Mark Critch, who's joining us today from Halifax. And we'll probably go in and out of that. A great uh, imitation of uh, Donald Trump. I got to ask you, Mark, first of all, it's great to have you with us. It's terrific that you... Great to be here. Took your time out of Long-time your
1: listener, first-time caller.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, listen, uh, I got to ask you, because so the, you do a lot of different imitations and you do a lot of great comedic work, but there's no doubt in these last couple of years, uh, Trump has been a, a major part of your routine. And I got to wonder for you what the stakes are tomorrow night. I mean, if he loses and he's history and he's gone, I mean, you're going to have to come up with a whole new act. Does that? I mean, does that, are, are you kind of secretly yeah. hoping for Trump because it works for that, you?
1: Not even, not even secretly. I mean, bills had to be paid. <laughs> Peter. I mean, look, it's horrible for the earth, but for me personally, uh, like many Trump voters, I'm only thinking about myself, you know? And, uh, I, uh, I mean, this has been a, 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 whirlwind of, of comedic opportunity. Um, nobody saw this coming. I don't even think Donald saw this coming and you know, it's, it's, it's become an easy, it's an easy, uh, joke to make and it's an easy punchline, the American presidency, but there's also so much stuff, you know, like if you're normally, we do our show weekly. So, uh, and we will sometimes say, "Oh, I don't know. We don't really have anything." Oh, Trump's got COVID. You know, it's always something will pop up, and it's and audiences love it. And Joe Biden is not nearly as interesting. Even Hunter's not that interested in Joe. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of dry. So um, I I would hate to see him go, but I don't think he'll go very quietly. So that might be fascinating too. I'm really hoping for a a very close Al Gore. Bush, stolen election kind of a thing to happen so that we get a couple of months of him holding around the base of the toilet while Secret Service agents uh, pull him <laughs> and he's still frantically trying to tweet uh, uh, and get out of the gold-plated White House uh, would be fantastic. For
2: well, I, I got to believe, Mark, it's great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. I gotta believe that there is a version of him losing, even if it happens quickly tomorrow night, which is probably my preference to be quite honest. But he's not gonna shut up. And he's got this giant Twitter platform and he's got these kids who are kind of mad with the the, the kind of the infection of celebrity at a, a completely different level than they enjoyed before. I don't know if enjoyed is the word. And, you know, maybe there'll be a TV show, but there'll certainly be a lot, I think, of stuff for him to, you know, to work with in the months ahead uh, as as he kind of relitigates his greatest hits and the things that um, that kind of amuse him. I I've been wondering until you started uh, this uh, podcast today, you know, whether or not the art of making fun of Donald Trump was simply about saying the things that he says, like Sarah Cooper does uh, which is pretty funny in and of itself, or whether you can take that stuff and make it funnier still by reinterpreting it and making it even more wild, which is what you did. And I think I have the answer to that. Uh, it Both are funny, but <laughs> take it to the next level, and it's funnier still. Have yeah, you had a lot we, of
1: people react to that? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, people really enjoy it, you know. And the thing is, you're exaggerating it, and, and, and you're making it more clown-like. But there are certain things that ring true, you know, like he's created this world where you can't go too big, you, you can't say something too outrageous, and uh, truth doesn't really matter. And so people kind of laugh the more ridiculous uh, you are, and, and the further you go with it, in exaggeration. But also, you know, things like you know the the Regeneron and the drinking the bleach and the this and the that. There, there are so many things that if you had done them a few years ago in a sketch, people would say, "What are you doing? That's too far. It's too campy." And now you can't even do what he's actually doing. You know, like if if this was a. uh a uh, george bush thing and you said oh this is thing," and he's and I'm going to do him george bush gonna i'm gonna drink bleach you gotta get out there and you gotta drink some bleach people people go oh, come on mark that's ridiculous it's like but he's doing it now so it's uh, it, it's hard to keep up with it and i think if he loses i think there's going to be you know yes there's going to be uh this huge uproar uh, but the kids are so invested in this brand that has received so much damage i mean i mean now with the tax return ish, information coming out the casino deals etc like for actual real business people that the brand has become so damaged by this presidency they need something i think you'll within a year you'll have trump news network and it will be the real news the fake news is over there and it'll go into a broadcast and try and control this message to gain even more power for the next run at, 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 at the White House which by then there'll be all these conspiracy QAnon theories of how the whole thing was rigged and stolen from him and you will have another generation of people brought up with the idea that the White House was stolen from people who really work hard and care about you like the Trumps and you know and then you have a uh, Ivanka Donald ticket or Don Jr. ticket or something happen. so I mean I think they'll immediately go into because he's, he's not he's, yes he's broad and manipulative and self-centered and narcissistic, et cetera. I mean, that's stupid. You know, like he knows how to manipulate millions of people. Do you, think uh, he, you, is- do
0: you really think he does? Do you think he, he has that ability to do that? I mean, they all talk about, well, you know, he had a TV show and, uh, and uh, you know, his producer taught him all kinds of things in terms of how to use television. So there's this assumption that at least in TV terms, he's smart, you, uh, even yeah. though his show eventually bombed, but you know it did have a good run for a few years. But do you do you really think he is smart on that level?
1: I think so. He's a Barker. He's a circus Barker, old time. I've got the cure. Come on up, and and you, you only need like a guy who comes shows up in in a, in a frontier town and is selling bottles of stuff off the back of a wagon that's a miracle cure. He only needs to sell a bottle. He only needs you there and then once he can move on to the next town. And I think he's a lot like that when he goes into one of these big rallies. He's selling everybody a bottle and he, he sold it the first year, no problem. And now this year it's a little tougher because a lot of stuff he said last time wasn't gonna happen, but oh yeah, but this is this is a bigger now well then you got you know things like COVID coming up and, and the anti maskers, they're not gonna have no trouble going to the polls. You know, they they're not afraid of anything. So I I think that he he certainly knows how to communicate in the shortest form, to put out something, China's bad, uh, et cetera, you know, like just really short bursts, which is why he's so good at Twitter. He he can't give you a nuanced argument. He can't give you facts or figures. He can say somebody's lying. He can talk about the Hunter uh, Biden laptop thing is is something that, you know, I think he's he's flummoxed. This isn't working now. And this is where you're seeing some of this stuff now is starting to, to, to crumble where these things are put out there when last time the their emails like line crooked, Hillary, what a liar, tremendously. And then that became an issue hot and cold, hot and cold. But this, this laptop thing, except for the real crazies, didn't seem to, to catch on on for him enough. And, and he's, 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 he's like, he's, he's trying to figure out what the hell is wrong with, with the machine. This isn't spitting out fast enough, but I think <laughs> it seems to be getting a bit paranoid.
2: It seems to me like, uh, I'd like to know what you think about this. He seems to me that, to be, this incredible figure that it's easy and fun to make fun of. I don't mean easy in a sense of, uh, I don't Notice. know very many people who could do it the way you do, but but there's a lot to laugh at, but he doesn't seem to ever get the joke. And in fact, I remember the fact that I think he was the first president who said, I'm not going to the White House correspondence dinner because they made fun of me when I sat in the audience. And And so now there's been four years of people making fun of him. And I don't know about you, but I've been, kind of as I doom scroll I in the middle of the night I try to find something to laugh at and I'm watching Stephen Colbert and he's just reached a new level of funny as far as I'm concerned just because of Donald Trump and I'm listening to you and thinking this is such a tonic but Donald Trump seems to be the only guy well maybe his kids as well who don't I don't know if they even notice the jokes or or get them on some on some fundamental level and uh what do you make of that? Is he, is he incapable of a sense of humor, the way that people say that he doesn't have any empathy?
1: Well, yeah. I, I think like for years, part of his branding has been to show up for anything. Back in, the, in, in the, you know, the, the, the heyday of him as a celebrity, he'd show up for anything as long as he was being portrayed as the richest and the best, whether it's a cameo in Home Alone, or he'd be on, you know, Regis with Regis Philbin all the time, and Regis be like, "You're fantastic! You're so rich! You're so good looking!" Well, it's true, and he would love that kind of a thing. But the second it becomes uh, a critique or saying, "Well, you're not actually that rich, are you?" he gets very upset. And there's, you know, footage of him walking out of of all kinds of interviews once uh, people would ask him about, you know, business failing or something like that. So I guess the idea is to put himself out there uh, so that the Everyday folk would think, oh, the richest person in New York is Donald Trump, and you know, not the everyday business people, but those people who are going to buy the miracle tonic one day, you know, that kind of a thing. But he can't; he doesn't like uh, these jokes. He he, he labels them as an attack, the same way he labels any uh, investigation uh, of a journalistic nature as fake news. So you know, it, it he immediately says it's a lie, and he doesn't uh, he doesn't have a very good sense of humor. He will play up himself as basically as the Monopoly man, you know, like on SNL or something like that. But the second it goes through, past Jimmy Fallon rubbing his hair, oh, he, he doesn't like that at all because he's a narcissist.
2: He's a complete narcissist, yeah. Oh,
1: totally, totally.
2: I wanted to, uh, uh, Peter, do you mind if I just jump in with one, one other thought, which is I'm curious how you found it to, to, to get the, in that zone where you help people laugh at him because they need it, because people need it, without making it seem that you think what he's doing to the world is funny. Um, there's a line because of the importance of the role that he plays. And whether it's, you know, kids in cages or it, many of the other things that, that pe- Black Lives Matter that people can look at and say, this is really meaningful and damaging uh, to the world or to my life or to people that I care about. And so on the one hand, you know, if you're somebody like me and you're just observing humor, you could say, well, maybe it's hard to make fun of that without looking as though you think it's funny. And yet I watch what you do and I go, you found that way to make us kind of have that release of a laugh at his expense, but not ever to look like you're somebody who's minimizing the real life impact that a guy like that can be having. Mm -hmm. Have you thought about that or has it come more natural because you've been in this this kind of field for, for quite some time now.
1: Well, it's a bit of the emperor has no clothes or something type thing. I think, and whenever you're making it, it's always, you know, kicking up, I guess we call it in the, in the, in, in the comedy business. And, you know, if you take a political cartoon and there's a guy in a top hat and like a Charlie Chaplin trap character, character, if there's only two people in there and the same action say one kicking the other, if the tramp is kicking the guy in the top hat in, in the uh, bump, it's funny. If it's the other way, it's not, right? So, and, and that's the way all this kind of stuff works, you know? And, and then when you look at, like, going back to, you know, uh, not to compare myself in any way with, but if you look at Charles Chaplin with the uh, great dictator, when, you know, he played this Hitler character, it was before the stages of the war, he saw something that he uh, hated, mm-hmm. and he thought, well, the best way for me to deal with this is to show people and to convince people that this guy is a buffoon and a liar and a coward. And I can do that by making him a character and mm-hmm. coloring people's perception. And while doing that, while they're laughing, you can let them know a few of the things he's actually doing. And because a lot of times people don't watch, you know, the news or what have you, but they might share a clip I'm in or they might watch a show like ours, et cetera. Or they might watch Colbert, and they're watching Stephen, and they're going, oh. And, and, and same thing, especially in Canadian comedy. You have to start off with an explanation of the news story, a little recap. You know, This happened today, and this is why this is a bad thing. And then you go into making fun of it. Now, the people didn't necessarily know about what happened a minute ago. But now they're laughing at it because they do know something. So they kind of take a little pride in the ownership of that. It's like, oh, I get that joke because I know about that even though they didn't know about it two minutes ago. So you're constantly trying to put a little bit of medicine in as well and hope that people go away um, with knowledge of the event and then maybe a little bit of an argument as to why that would be a bad thing.
0: I want to look for the, um, the Canadian trumpet. There is such a, a thing. But first of all, before I ask you that, I want to know how long does it take you to get in character so to speak like i mean you sat down you've been busy all day you sat down bang you you we make the zoom call we connect and i throw at you right away to be trump and you bang you're right you're into it like immediately so mm-hmm. it, is it that fast or do you have to say do you have to get yourself somehow into character
1: oh god no no i mean like once you kind of get somebody and you kind of you figure them out, and then you watch them a little bit, and you go, "Oh, I got you." Okay. And the thing with Trump is absolute confidence, no matter what. right? Doesn't matter what he's is That's he in the world, and that that's the way it is, quite frankly. And he and and it's once you have that, and that's the thing with him, and and he's constantly, constantly um, trying to validate his opinions, like and and backs him up with nothing. So he'll be like, uh. Peter Mansbridge is a terrible journalist. A lot of people are saying it. A lot of the biggest names are saying it. You've heard them. And then they go, and then people are like, oh, yeah, a lot of people are saying it. Who? Nobody said it. You just said it, you know. And then he's always said, you know, he tried to get me for interviews. I wouldn't do it because I'm the only person he's never interviewed. I've seen you be interviewed. But, you know, so he's constantly uh, reassuring himself, you know. And so he's the most confident yet also the most insecure (laughs) person at the same time. And so you just kind of go into it, and and he's very he's very easy to be because he's not being authentic to begin with. you're he's playing a role. You've seen him, you know, you've seen somebody else play that role, and so you're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna also put on the orange face.
2: So when you do this to a Canadian audience, when you do Trump for a Canadian audience, um, I looked at our polling. There's seventy five percent. This would be the reddest state if it was a state. Um, I'm curious to know if somebody said, hey, Mark, why don't you come down to Wyoming, which I guess is the bluest state. um, Maybe I get that wrong. The most Republican state uh, in America. Would you go, no, I'm not going to go down there and try this out because they're not going to like it. Or would you feel like that would be a really interesting challenge? I could make those people laugh at my Trump or my jokes about Trump. And I would love to give it a shot.
1: Well, there are guys who do Trump uh, in in the red states, you know, and there's one guy, he's the dancing Trump. And then there's this other guy who showed up on uh, this night show a couple of times. And he's very much a corporate entertainer, you know, and they all do Mm -hmm. things where they'll be Trump, and it's a bit different and it's not so bad. It's more of a this kind of a thing. And they're very regimented, right. and you know, and it always ends with like stars and stripes and, and uh, something. And moving forward as a country, we will become, and Reagan will come down, and he'll kiss me. And it's like you know, you get into this this other thing. So you can't do it. Um, I've been to rallies, like American, you know, far right rallies, Tea Party rallies, and covered all those things in the past and stuff like that. And it's an interesting thing where they are very. He's an evangelical preacher, right? And once you get them there, it's very easy to ramp them up. It's very easy to get them going, and it's also very easy to get yourself punched in the face. I was at one one time, um, I guess when Kerry was running, and there was a Bush thing, and I was down somewhere in the South, maybe Florida, I don't know. But I was at this rally, and I've been going around like just you know some guy from Canada or whatever. And we were—I uh, we, saw Fox News there, and I thought, "Oh, I know." And people were like, "I'm not going to talk to you. Where you from, Canada?" And I said, to "My camera, idea." Yeah, let's go over by the Fox News there, and I'm here with a microphone, and people are going to come around. And man, I tell you, it was like—it was like walking into a coyote-infested area with red meat around your neck. <laughs> These guys just start coming, and you could see them coming. And everybody's pointing like, Hey, fox needs a microphone!" <laughs> and they all started coming. I don't know where, 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 so and so, where's Chef? You know, I was like, "I don't know, I don't know." Where's Bill O'Reilly? I'm like, "I don't know, I don't." And then I like, started asking about, you know, "Well, what do you think?" And "What do you think of Canada?" "What do you think of this?" And everybody's like reaching for the microphone, like it was the last chopper at Saigon, and they could. And I was a golden god, and I got. I felt the power, you know, and I'd be saying things and I'd be like, you know, Are those people up there in Canada, they're evil and they're, aren't they? And they're trying to steal your money and they're lying about health. And then, uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't think it was, it was, I brought down a bunch of vials and I was telling people it was a vaccine when all that, when they were coming up to get her a vaccine during the, uh, was it H1N1 or something? Or flu vaccine, flu vaccine. And I ended up giving Carrie a, a vial of flu vaccine. Anyway, he and I was just throwing them at these vials off the top of the Fox News truck into the crowd and be like, "Oh, Fox And anyway, so i this guy, and it was the very start of like people having phones, you know, with the with with all the stuff. And, and this guy said, "I just looked up twenty-two minutes because it was my flag." And people thought that Fox affiliate locally was twenty-two or something. And he goes, he's a Canadian comedian. He's trying to make you look stupid. And they all look goes, Rrr. and I said, I said, exactly what a lying Democrat would say to silence your voice. And they all started chasing that guy on the bicycle, like get out of here, you lying Democrat. And he started right away goes, no, I'm telling the truth. And that's what it's like down there, you know. It's very easy to become their god. Uh, but they will eat you alive if they find out you're lying,
0: is there any yeah. you know like there's there, there's no nobody like trump anywhere um in terms of you know another political figure no. anywhere in the world um when you look at our cast of characters on this side of the border mm-hmm. who has potential i mean it, it
1: um well well i don't i don't know it's kind of like you don't get that same mass appeal you don't get that same star power right it just doesn't happen in Canada except for uh you know little trudeau uh but you know the uh, uh the dauphin the people know him but the, uh, the the rest of them you know like he's superstar everybody knows justin and even if they don't like him it's kind of like oh justin trudeau is rude in alberta I'll get a quick picture, boy. After that, I, but, you know, like they still, and you, Canadians still kind of think of Mom as like a family member, I guess, because you have seen grown up, no matter what, even if you hate them, you're kind of like, oh, well, you know, But, um, so you're not going to have that kind of a fame. It's going to be, a, it, 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 it just doesn't exist, you know. But, I mean, when it comes to uh, using social media to push uh, a certain view, uh, I think it's interesting to see what Aaron O'Toole is doing these days with a lot of these uh, social media videos he puts out there. And then, of course, uh, a lot of people with these your Canada Prouds and your Canada Strongs and your Canada This and your Rebel News. and There's all these different ways to uh, say things that you yourself either have too big of a moral high ground to say or you don't want to be associated with. And these are all, you know, allegedly run out of uh, these campaigns and people who used to work for these organizations end up in the campaign. And what they're trying to do and what they are doing is uh, putting out this, this false information, misleading information with the rapid cuts on Facebook and social media um, in a way to uh, kind of circumvent having to go with real media. And, and that is easily done these days. And but you yeah. only really get you're not convincing anyone of anything with like that. You're 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 getting people to double down who follow you. But I think often many people are like, oh well, you know, I've lived liberal all my life. i just seen this, you know, I can't have a crowd video. I don't know. Uh, this is I'm very suspicious. But but I, I'm noticing more and more of that crap. And yeah. uh, I find that a, 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 a bit a bit troubling, but I mean it's it's I don't think it's there's there's an, anyone comparable. Do you? Is there someone you think of?
0: I don't, I, I, I don't think so. So let me frame it a different way. Who's, who's the easiest Canadian to make fun of? It could be any. It, it could be any. Mezzanine.
1: You know. sh- my shirtless friend Justin, of course. Um, <laughs> the great thing about Justin is is his own opposition. I mean, everything that's happened to Justin has been kind of a Justin-created thing, you know. <laughs> so it's fascinating to see whether it's you know the helicopter or the SUV this or that, or the other thing. Um, you know, he's he's always good for a story. And not to mention uh the, the love for a costume. But the so there's like that India trip for instance. And for a comedian, I mean could cop. Like, you know, you're sitting there, and I'm like, Oh yeah, it's going to India. I wonder I say, what what's what what's he wearing? What what why is it? why is he dressed like Celine Dion going to a wedding? What's happening? And it's like it it was just amazing, you know? So Justin is, you know, that that's the thing. Right now. I would think years ago, like, oh, boy, who's going to come in? How long can you do this? And then we have Justin Trudeau and Donald Trump. I, I can't imagine for a comedian you're going to get that kind of thing. Because the great thing about Justin in Canada is for Canada, for anyone who can go up and make a Trump, Trump joke or a Trump impression, and you know exactly who they're talking about. It's not like that, my friends, with Canadian politics. So if you're a Canadian political comedian, and you're kind of like, oh, Irrit O'Toole, no and they're like, who? Who are you talking about? Yeah, I have no idea. Even Andrew Shear, okay? I will go out to our audience, people who watch our show, and I will go out, if I just said Andrew Shear said this today and blah 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 blah. blah. 60% of people had no idea who Andrew Shear is. And then I was I remember getting in an argument with at the politics and the press gallery with somebody who worked on his campaign. i be like, "He's going to do great. He's going to win." I'm like, "No, it's impossible. possible." I said, "Why?" And I said, "Like you don't know anything or whatever." I'm like, Look, I'm just telling you. I taught." You know, politicians get surrounded by people who know way too much in these bubbles, right? And that doesn't matter. What matters is, if you walked into a mall, I said, we'll go up to the mall across the street right now. We'll leave here. We'll go over to this mall, okay? Um, I will give you $100 for everyone who knows who Andrew Shearer is. If you'll give me 5 for everyone who doesn't. <laughs> Come on. He goes, no, oh, no, no. I, I am serious. If, yeah. Why don't you make a lot of money? Come on. I'll give you $100 for everybody. He wouldn't take me up on it. Mm-hmm. This guy works on his campaign because he knows. And I've been at events and I've seen – And I was with Andrew uh, at the St. John's Regatta, the biggest, oldest sporting event in North America. Thousands of Newfoundlanders are there uh, watching this regatta around this lake. And politicians always come to it and walk with it. And He was so alone. He'd buy himself. And he'd gotten separated from Chess Crosby, who was the uh, provincial uh, conservative leader inside the great John Crosby. And so Andrew kind of walks up to him and says, like, oh, hey, Mark. Like, hey, Andrew, how's it going, man? How's it going? Oh, pretty good. I uh, separated from Chess. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You want to hang out with me for a while? Well, oh, that would be nice. <laughs> We're talking, you know what I mean? That is the man who would be king. Not going to happen. Here, king, here, king. It's not going to happen. So... Um, yeah, I, I, that's the problem with doing jokes about people. If people, yeah. people, Canadians don't know it in enough detail actually to follow the jokes. So when you, you have don't, somebody don't. like a Trudeau or even a Kevin O'Leary when he was running, God, that was great. People know McKay because of the helicopter thing. They're you know, like, you say yeah. McKay to the audience, like, the helicopter died. Right. But, uh, yeah, so it's not like the state's in that way at all. We just don't have the... Yeah. the uh, There's
2: that. a scale, I think, as well, to, you know, what a president does. I've been watching some of the Aaron O'Toole videos in, on social media that you mentioned, and, you know, he's railing about China a lot. It's like he's trying yeah. to whip Canadians up to be really angry about China. And in my experience, you know, people are frustrated with China, but they're probably not going to get that angry with China. They're not going to get as angry as Aaron O'Toole wants them to get with china trump on the other hand wanted to get americans mad at uh, muslims and then at mexico and and at china for sure and um i guess until maybe more of the family members were doing more business with china who knows exactly what changed the articulation of the china argument but then there was this great spectacle of we got to be really freaked out about north korea and i'm going to personally go over And meet with Kim Jong-un, and I'm going to solve this for you in a hotel in Vietnam. And that just, you know, when I think back over the last four years, I kind of, how many things were there that could have and, and were and should have been made fun of? Because they were just these grand ideas that he had that never turned into anything. I mean, two or three weeks ago, he was saying, I'm going to have a nuclear arms deal with Putin. Um, before the election. Uh, We don't have uh, episodes on that scale, but we also don't have something else. And and I don't know if America is going to have it again. I'd be curious to know what you think. Trump established this new standard for giving his opponents names, Sleepy Joe Biden, (laughs) Crooked Hillary, Little Marco, all of this kind of stuff. And we you know, we just don't do that kind of thing here. And I, I don't know if America is going to do that kind of thing after Trump's gone, whether it's tomorrow or four years from now, or whether people are going to go, you know, that was kind of funny when he said those names about those people, but maybe there was a price that we paid. What, what do you think about that? Has he raised the standard for that kind of weird, uh, attack on individuals um, and everybody else who wants to succeed is going to follow him like that or or is that going to go away maybe?
1: Well, I, I think he is... Um, but that's the marketer in him, right? That's the... Like he knows um, that if he's branding... He, uh, Kim
2: Jong-un, Rocket
1: Man. Remember that? Rocket, he said Rocket Man, Man. Yes. Hillary, Sleepy yes. Joe. And we're using them. It works, yes. right? If you... You know you know nobody says Arthur Fonzarelli they said Fonzie <laughs> you know it's like you, you it's, it's a branding and he's branding and he repeats it and he repeats it and repeats it and repeats it because in this world most people watch something for 60 seconds and that's what they know from and they're going to say sleepy joe and it's like okay what do i know about that guy oh he must be old and tired and lazy crooked hillary she's crooked she's something with emails what with emails i don't know so like that is is that kind of a branding in, in today's world really works and he knows that and uh, and that's that's the same kind of stuff He whether he's selling ties or whatever he knows that you know sound bites clips boom 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 i don't think you'll, you'll see it again because you know it, it i mean the crooked hillary thing you know that it for a lot of people it it gave them something to chance some people got it sleepy joe i don't know uh, i mean but I mean, is anybody is anybody really voting for Joe Biden? No. People are voting anti Trump, you know? So like they uh in some ways he's he's running for and against himself,
0: you know? I'm not think anybody's uh,
1: excited to vote for Joe.
0: I'm gonna um I'm gonna put you on a spot here a little bit, Mark, for uh, no. before we close it out here. Um you know, tomorrow night or Wednesday night or Thursday night or two months from now, at some point, there's going to be a decision made. There's going to be a declaration that who won and who lost. Uh, and when that happens, let's hope it's tomorrow night, one way or the other. But when that does happen, speeches have to be made. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to come out and give a concession speech. Somebody's going to come out and give a victory speech. So I'll let you choose which one you want to give for Donald Trump. But give us give us the speech you think he'll give and what he'll say. Let's say it's tomorrow night. What's he going
1: to say? Thank me. Thank me. Thank me very much. You've heard it from the lying fake news media. They're saying that Sleepy Joe won. Well, Sleepy Joe, he didn't win, did he? No. He didn't win. And you know it, and I know it, a lot of good people are saying it didn't happen and he didn't win. So, what I need you to do is fight it, fight it really hard, get out there. I'm going to stay. I'm not going because what I'm seeing is a lot of the people, a lot of the machines, a lot of the machines, a lot of the votes went missing. boy, did they ever go missing? because we know those people who work with the postal system, they love their blue benefits, don't they? They like their big fat pensions. well. I've heard a lot of things about a lot of people, and we're looking into them. The very best people are looking into them. Unbiased people, like my daughter's husband, very people who are not related to me by blood are looking into it, and we're going to keep looking. And it's very lying and very crooked. A lot of this stuff was on the laptop. We're going to find the laptop, and we're going to – I'm just right now. We're going to see who's with me and who is against me, and I am, and then they'll, there'll be guys, like, moving in behind them with the sunglasses on, so we have to go, and I'm going, I'm going with these guys right now, for just a little bit, just a little bit, then I'm going to come back, but I, I'm going go to go it. and that, that will be it, I think. I think it's going to be something like that. I think there'll be a big, long delay, um, and, and there'll be a lot of recounts and all that crap, and then, I think, he will disappear. I spoke to Anthony Scaramucci, the mooch, and um, I interviewed him. And I asked him, like, what did he think would happen? And I said, and he said, well, the plan is for the uh, Secret Service, if he won't leave, they have to take him out because it, it can't be a military body that takes out a president; it has to be, you know, Secret Service. And there's a plan for that in case, you know, apparently you know, that's there. Um, but he said that he, he, having known him from the campaign and the eleven incredible days he was in the White House, um, that he thinks he's too much of a coward to try and stand up to people to stay there, and he and he's too afraid to actually fight. He thinks he'll just disappear. He'll put up a big thing to be a lot of bluster, and then he'll he'll just disappear uh, into the night like a bad memory. And uh, the more I think about it, I wonder if that might be the case. But I think I think I think it will be a uh, concession speech that vows to have a great next four years is <laughs> <laughs> it, it, the way I, I think it'll be.
0: Yeah. Mark's it been great having you on here. I mean, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow, but you've given us a number of <laughs> ideas of what, what might happen. And, uh, you know, if, if it runs really, really late tomorrow and it's not over tomorrow, we can always run your version of the concession speech anyway. It'll give oh, you I'd be happy,
1: to <laughs> happy to do it. Happy to do it. Uh, yeah, no. And, you know, for us comedians uh, out there, you know, hopefully we'll get four more years. Um, I feel like an oil worker, you know, it's kind of like, you know, oh, Biden and fracking. This is bad for me. It's like, you know, but Trump, like uh, Biden, I can't do a Biden. But look at me. I can't do a Biden. He's, he's in better shape than I am. He's eight. So um, we'll see what happens.
0: We'll see what happens. That's the uh, Trump's yeah, one of his favorite thanks, lines, right?
1: absolutely
0: yeah thanks mark it's really been it's been great and we wish you continued luck in which uh, whatever routine you're doing we know you're going to be you're going to keep people smiling and keep people thinking at the same time so it's great thanks, thanks mark. for thank giving you. us a
1: whole bunch of
2: laughs today too we can use it thank you
1: thanks gentlemen much appreciated